Well, it was chilly outside today, wasn't it, this weekend? How many felt like it was a little cool, a little chilly? In fact, some of you may be cold now, and this is a great opportunity to uh, be in a ministry of warmth. I mean, you may want to snuggle up next to somebody. It's cool, or it may be awkward with the person next to you, but we understand that. But we're glad that you're here, and we're glad that it's a, a warm place in terms of the love of God. Well, we've been raising the question, what are you longing for this year? What are you looking for this year? And kind of the overarching theme is a good life, something better, that it might be more satisfying, richer, purposeful. And we talked about some things like acceptance and the wonderful thing for us is because we've been accepted through the work of Christ we are children of God and we can accept others as they are we have talked about satisfying relationships and and how important it is for us to be reconciled to have those satisfying and enriching relationships and and today what I want us to take a look at is is again the backdrop of really a scriptural backdrop for what we're talking about, a good life. And that's John 10.10. 10. Why Christ came. He did not come to steal and destroy, but he said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly, that you might have it in a full way, in a rich way, that that the quality of your life, because of your relationship with Christ, can be better. It can be good. And so we continue to talk about the good life. And today, we're talking about some life management things. And I, I got to tell you that I got to make a personal confession. I'm not a good candidate for this subject. In terms of life management, I mean, just, just this week, okay, Camille Wilson, she's one of our administrative assistants, I texted her and I said, hey, look, last night I think I left my black jacket at the church. Could you see if it's there? And she said, yeah, Kimberly Archer found it and it's back on your desk. I mean, it goes way back to when, when my mother had to go to Lost and Found and help me to find my coats in elementary school. Um, I texted Delia on Thursday and said, hey, I can't find my wallet. Uh, keep a lookout for it. And I know you ordered pizza, and I'm supposed to pick it up, so we got to figure something out. I, I mean, if my life in some ways were a reality show, it would be entitled Trainwreck. I, I, I'm not the most organized. I, I, I don't always have it together in terms of systems but I am glad that I have Christ that that is important in terms of order to my life and and helping me and I've been I've improved but but maybe you've come today and you have felt that your life is a train wreck that you feel scattered that you feel like can life be really managed Maybe you're overwhelmed or overscheduled or exhausted. 
you know, Winston Churchill, the great diplomat, ambassador for England, said, fatigue will make cowards of us all. And when we're weary and when we're tired, it lends itself to mismanagement. And so I want us to take a look at just what does a life mismanaged or what does it mean to feel scattered? Maybe you heard about the the dog, the basset hound named Tattoo out in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, He was thinking he was going for a walk, but he got more than that. When the owner's leash shut, she accidentally shut her door and caught the leash. The dog was outside the vehicle and the Tacoma Police Department ran her down, and that basset hound was putting one down just as fast as he could put the other down. And, and he was exhausted. Maybe, maybe you feel that way after being drug in life. Well, you know, what are some things that can help us? And, and one thing that helps us is some recognition that that we need Christ and we need some order in our lives, some prioritizing. And so I'd like for us to read the scripture, Matthew 6, and I'm going to go to that on my iPad. Whoa, Siri's trying to talk to me. Hang on. Um, starting with verse 25. Therefore, Jesus is teaching here and he's saying, in light of all that I've said, Starting with verse 25 of chapter 6 of Matthew. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, or, or what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying at a single hour, to your life. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of them. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you You have little faith. Do not worry saying, what shall I eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But here's a key verse. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We have a lot of things that can create disorder and worry. We live, in many cases, at a harried and hurried pace. And there's some contributors, if you would, to the craziness. What are some of those contributors for you? 
I'm, ama- I'm amazed at the amount of stimuli or distraction that can inundate our lives. I mean, think about all of the ways that we can be interrupted or distracted. And some of these are good things, but it's a reality of the volume of things. Voice calls, the, the old style. Um, voice mail, texting, notifications, Facebook notifications, emails, weather alerts, breaking news. The smartphone blows up most days for us. Have you ever been in a meeting? I know in our staff meetings, sometimes we'll all have our cell phones and one of them will buzz or vibrate and we all are like, is that mine? Right? I I was part of a staff before here and we had a rule. Maybe you've heard of this rule before. You've been in a setting that enforced this rule that everybody stacked their smartphones on top of each other. And if yours went off and you reached for it, you were buying everybody lunch. So there was a lot of this. I mean, the volume of disturbance in our lives. And so some, now here, thank you, I hear a buzzing. Is it? Uh, the, the, she's buying lunch for everyone. So he said, that's great. Unrealistic expectations. Now, we cannot avoid expectations. They're part of, part of life. In every relationship, there is a level. But some of you, and some of us, contend with what I call institutional expectancies, expectations. Take, for example, teachers. You have a high and holy calling. Because there is an expectation within you. You desire to do well in helping to develop a child. And so you can start with that. And then there are parental expectations. Where the parents are looking to you as part of the team. In developing that child. And then you've got authorities above you and and the school system that's saying we need to meet these standards and and I got to tell you that can be overwhelming it, it can in some cases be a morale problem family expectations I want to do well because my parents want me to do well I, I want to produce because there are others in my family that expect me to produce. Uh, in athletic leadership, we see it all the time. The culture of what have you done for me lately if you're a coach? Well, you may have won that game. Or you may have won that championship, but it's been a while. And so we think it's time for a change. We want the W's. Character, that's negotiable. And so there are expectations wherever we go. And we live with those. And sometimes it it creates a craziness. We have unrealistic maybe expectations of ourselves. We want to do 
better. We want the house to look better. We want to look perfect. One author told me that when he submits his manuscript and it's deadline time, he really only feels as though it's 70% done. I could have done better. And if you're a professional in this place and there's an open-endedness and the expectation is you are to get the job done, sometimes it's not always measurable. It's you're on call or you're having to form relationships and there are expectations. And some of those are inward, self-imposed. Some of those are outward and external. And then there's overcommitment. Our inability to say no. Say that with me. Say it with me. There you go. Some of you all said it to me before. You know how to say it. But, But not all of us know how to say no. We say yes to a lot of good things. As one person said to me, Tim, I'm trying to figure out what my best yes is. And so, great could be at the mercy of a lot of good. And so all of this, distractions, expectations, overcommitment, can contribute to the craziness. And you know, we talk about Jesus and the beauty of that mystery and how he was somehow 100% divine, 100% human. It's a mystery in the incarnation. But I know there must have been times where he felt like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm exhausted. In fact, it says, and we'll read this in a minute, that Jesus often went to a lonely place. He had had all the face time he could handle. And he wanted to withdraw. Maybe that was his introverted side coming forward. You know, even as a church, I think we've got to be careful. There are a lot of things that are good causes. But one of the things that some of our leaders in missions are doing is saying, you know what? We want to be known for doing things really well. And so we may not be doing quite as many things but we will have just as much intensity with the number that we have. And so we're going to pick a smart number. It's kind of like Bill Henson, a pastor in the United Methodist Church, tells how lion trainers are able to paralyze the lion for a moment with a four-stooled or four-legged stool. And they hold that four-legged stool up in front in the face of the lion, and the lion struggles to know exactly which leg to look at. And so for a moment, it is still. And that can happen in our lives if we focus on too much. And so a couple of things that have helped me, and once again, I'm no good candidate for, for talking about life management. One of the things that I have to do, and, and And I think it's important is to remove the clutter. Another way to say this is to simplify. Do you remember when Martha and Mary were hosting Jesus? I love this story. And they're in 
the home, or Mary and Martha are in, the, in their home, and they're trying to be hospitable, and Martha is just intense, man. I mean, she's doing everything. She's fixed the meal. She's tidied up best she can, and she's tried to get Mary to get motivated on the level that she thinks Mary should be motivated. And here is Jesus in the home of these two women. And Mary is mesmerized by Jesus. She's sitting at his feet. She's, she's admiring him. She's listening to his words. And Martha blows a gasket and says, Jesus, can you help her? I mean, I've worked all day. I am exhausted. Will you not make her do something? And Jesus says this, Martha, Martha, you have concerned yourself about many things, but only one is needed, and Mary has found the good part, and it shall not be taken from her. There are those moments where we've got to centralize our thinking to regain our focus on Christ, on a kingdom-mindedness. The other is to look for opportunities for solitude. And some of us are more disciplined in this than others. Some of us can grow in this area, and that is to, to practice solitude, even if it's in the morning, and you've got your cup of coffee, and nobody's up, if some of you can do that, if some of us can do that, and sort through your thoughts. And even as you're sorting through your thoughts, you're actually praying. Because in those moments, you invite God to, to join you in the challenges that you have. And sometimes it means centering. It means removing yourself from those distractions. And while those may be urgent, they may not be important. What do I mean by that? It may be that there's an expectation that you need to text somebody back quickly or return a phone call. And there's some urgency to that, but it may not have the value of pulling aside and getting face-to-face -face with God. Or someone else. And so simplification of our life is so important. And, and being willing to find solitude. Mark 1.35 says this. This is Jesus. Very early in the morning. It was recorded. While it was still dark. Jesus got up. Left the house. Went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I like what one person said, Jesus went apart so that he would not come apart. All of us need that time with God in quiet. Why is it we struggle with quiet? I think one of the reasons why it's hard to be still, why it's hard to be quiet, yeah, there are distractions. But it's in those moments that we're confronted with ourselves. It's in those moments that the Spirit is able to convict the heart. And you see, if I don't slow down, I don't have to be receptive. 
And then seeking first things first. Seeking the first things of the kingdom. You know, we're so much ones to run on empty. Uh, one time I was, uh, I was in, a, Anthony will appreciate this, I was in a funeral procession and I had not thought ahead and my e-light, as a pastor I was in this processional, I was following the hearse and my fuel light was flashing and I was with another pastor, and he goes, hey, Tim, you're, uh, you're on empty. And I was like, we'll be fine. If it runs out, we'll just push it to the side and jump in the hearse. We, we tend to run on empty, and yet we have an opportunity to be refilled. And that happens when we seek first the kingdom of God. In Florida, they have a, an issue, and we have some here. It's, it's called a sinkhole. It's a phenomenon where the waterway system under the, surf of the surface of the earth collapses. It dries up, and that's what creates the huge cavity. That can happen to us spiritually. It can happen to us relationally. If we do not seek and seek first the kingdom of God and have a kingdom mindedness in all that we do, to have a, a kingdom priority system, to have a seek ye first kingdom schedule. And so bringing all of this into balance is hard. And I'm not sure that any one of us do it real well. But we have some things that can help us to manage better. Thomas Merton, who was a reflective spiritual leader of the past, a monk, says this. It seems to me that I have greater peace when I am not trying to be contemplative or trying to be anything special, but simply orienting my life fully and completely toward what seems to be required of a man like me at a time like this. You see, what I think he's saying is there is a rhythm to life. We worship and we work and we play and we rest. And in the midst of all of that comes balance as we seek first the kingdom. It goes back to a friend of mine way back when, and, and I shared this not long ago, and he was facing some difficulties in his life, and he, he said, work is hard, and our kids are young, and we've got some financial stresses that we're dealing with, and and he said, it's hard. And later, he and I talked. And I said, how are you doing? And he said, well, nothing has really changed. I'm just dealing with it better. That's our prayer. Some things may not change for you tomorrow. 
But Christ brings change in our lives and in our perspective to see how he is redemptively working in all of our circumstances. We want a good life. But more importantly, we want to do the will of God, living richly and fully for him. Let's pray together. God, we thank you that you've called us to be the very best we can be. And we want to be better. And we know we are at our best when we do seek you first. When we have a kingdom-mindedness about our priorities. And when we relinquish all things into your hands. Help us to do our best and leave to you the rest. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. I want you to know that uh, the altar is open. You may want to come and pray as we worship.